Hello to everyone tuning into the Highly Optimized podcast today. My name is Ryan Sprague, and throughout this podcast, I will be showcasing individuals who are living a life beat to their own drum, sharing their stories, and revealing their valuable information for each one of you listeners on how you can effectively take life into your own control, what steps to take to create your own path, and how to maximize your results in manifesting your dreams in this reality. Sliding her way onto the show to join us today is a woman who is no stranger to working hard in order to achieve her dreams. She is the owner of Next Generation Nutrition, where she coaches her clients on simplifying healthy eating in order to keep them healthy no matter how busy their lives get, is a language wizard, having completed numerous programs in the language field, such as Procabulary and The Way of the Unlifted Athlete, and is the founder and host of Coffee Talk, a podcast centered around bringing attention to subjects ranging from health, mindset, words, and the magic of life that is perfect to listen to in the morning while you have your cup of joe to fire you up and inspire you for the day ahead. Please help me in welcoming Kimberly Kesting to the show. What's up, Kim? Hi, that was so nice. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's funny, we were talking before about how uh, you were like, I don't know if I, I'm going to take Coffee Talk to a podcast. Well, you know, we just spelled it, so <laughs> it's now a podcast. Did. I know, it's, 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 it's a podcast. <laughs> yep, it's now a podcast. <laughs> Describe it when you, uh, I mean, I guess it's not difficult. It's just, it's an Instagram TV episode, but it's podcast yeah. format. Yeah. It's, it's interviews and yeah, storytelling. Yeah. It's like tomato, tomato, you know, like you're doing a live, you're interviewing people. It's a podcast. People have like, you know, yeah. like they have Instagram wants to make it their thing. So it's like an Instagram live, but really they're just, you know, we're all podcasting at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so Kim, I'm so excited to have the opportunity to get you on the show and chat with you one-on-one -on -one as we've been talking about having one another on our show since August and now is the time. Why don't you yeah. start us <laughs> why don't you start us off with some background on who you are, what you do and the path you've gone on to get to where you are today? Oh geez, so much. How long do I have? Um, <laughs> as long as you need. <laughs> we make the as rules. Long as I need yeah, we make the rules. Perfect. Yeah, so I um, am a health coach, and I ultimately, you know, I do a lot of things. And as we were just saying before, it's like I have my hand in multiple pots. But really what I do is I try to teach people how to live the healthiest life that they can in their own way, right? So I want people to really be educated around all aspects of health and really starting with the foundation of food, movement, and mindfulness. And so to me, those are the three pillars that every human really should be thinking about mm -hmm. when they think about their health. And so I really like to start my journey starting with food. And that's where I, that's where my passion lies, really teaching people all about how to eat, what to eat, and making it super easy for them, you know, because... Mm -hmm. It's not it's not easy to feed yourself with yeah. the food industry being like really just a money making machine versus mm. keeping our society healthy. So my background, so I spent I've been health coaching for about three years. Mm -hmm. Prior to that, I was working in a corporate life and going through my own weight loss journey. So mm. I around the ages of I want to say probably like twenty three to twenty seven was really the bulk of when I was losing my weight. I was always a chubbier kid, but very active and eating well enough. Um, I love sugar. I love food. I love really anything that's going to give me that sugar high. Mm -hmm. But I moved to New York City after college and I stopped doing any sort of fitness. 
So I slowly but surely was drinking and eating myself to be close to 245 pounds. Mm. So over the span of, uh, I was an athlete, I was a rower growing up, and that was a huge part of my identity. But once I left that competitive athlete in college and moved into, okay, now I am a 20-something in New York City, and I have all of the best takeout available to me and all of the best bars, and all I want to do is hang out with my friends and eat drinks, slowly but surely, um, I was passing on the pounds. So mm. I also wasn't super satisfied and fulfilled in my career choice or what I was doing. I was really just trying to check the boxes that my parents and, you know, the society that I grew up in, which is get a good job after college and make as much money as you can. Mm. And so I was trying to do that. And then I was, you know, also in the same vein, like, I don't actually really like this. So I was ending up like, going crazy on the weekends or after work trying to find and fulfill what, you know, trying to find some aspect of happiness. And I always found so much pleasure in food and alcohol, right? Because that was a way I was connecting with new people and meeting new friends as a young adult. And I, one day just like, was like, you know, I was noticing how much weight I was gaining. I felt really uncomfortable in my body. I felt super unhealthy and sluggish and slow, but what I didn't realize was how bad it had gotten. And so at some point, and I don't really recall like a definitive moment in which I was like, I have to change this, but I ultimately started like, I'm going to go back to the gym. I started working out again. I got really ingrained in um, boutique fitness in New York City, which was growing and exploding at the time. And I was having so much fun, like running through these different classes um, and taking my friends with me, getting competitive with it and starting to really starting to see the progress in my body. I was dropping some weight. I was walking everywhere, living in Manhattan. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, wow, okay, I feel better. I'm down 10 pounds. Okay, I'm down 20 pounds. And then I got, you know, I was like, oh, wow, this is really possible for me. I can finally drop all this extra weight. And that is making me happier than eating and drinking with my Mm -hmm. friends. So I got super geeked out on all things health and fitness because at some point it became like, my sole focus. And <laughs> I started doing CrossFit. I found Barbell Shrugs, um, loved listening to those guys, loved learning from them. And I started to hear a lot of Barbell Business episodes. I was listening to, uh, you know, Mike and Doug talking about how they could, how coaches could earn better livings and how to be an entrepreneur and take control of your business. And I'm sitting in my cubicle in Midtown Manhattan, like, <laughs> crunching numbers being like with them in my ears saying, I am going to do this. I'm going to do this because I was going through, and again, the, the boutique fitness industry in New York city is like very much like get in and get out as quick as you can work as hard as you can. Don't say hi to anyone. Don't interact with anyone. And just like jet out of there as fast as you can and go to happy hour right after your workout. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't driving for me because I felt like crap, <laughs> right? Yeah. I was doing it. I didn't like it. Yeah. And Slowly but surely, it became like, all right, I have to take this seriously, and I want, I want to take this seriously, and I want to actually get real results, and I want to feel good because I've, I'm starting to feel so much better just by shedding the weight, but something's missing. So I um, started getting into CrossFit, found a lot more, a lot more like-minded people to me, but I still was kind of like, these guys don't have it quite right. Like they're beating themselves on the ground, and this is like just not quite working. So. I had an experience where I I was eating like crap, right? Like I hadn't mm-hmm. changed anything about my diet. And I had an experience where I went into work one morning after a 7 a.m. wad, 
you know, shower and run over to the office and hadn't eaten anything, was my blood sugar was so low. I was like losing my vision. I'm getting really faint. And I'm thinking to myself, like, oh shit, like, <laughs> what am I doing? What did I do? Yeah. And so I go through this whole experience. And I, the ironic part of this is my mom is a nutritionist. So I immediately call my mom and I'm like, mom, something's not right. I don't know what's going on here. She's like, her first answer, stop doing CrossFit. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, like, that can't be right. Like, this is, like, making me healthier. And so it's, it's got to be something I'm eating, but we're not eating or I'm doing something wrong. I don't know what it is. And, like, I wanted her to, to help me and educate me. And she's like, no, no. She's watching me on Instagram, snatch and clean a jerk. And she's like, absolutely not. That is wrong. Don't do that. You're just like, <laughs> she's, she's thinking. Oh, my She's God. thinking to herself, like, okay, I can, I can get her out of this lifting stuff if yeah. I just tell her, like, you know, that's the problem. So I didn't believe her, and I went and I hired a sports nutritionist. I started working closely with him, um, figured out that just, like, I was incredibly underfueled. I had, you know, like, basic, basic stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay. So once I started eating and changing my diet, everything just, like, clicked big mm. time, right? Like, my mind was clearer. My energy was better. I could lift more weight, which was all I cared about at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> game recognized game. <laughs> Exactly. And so like I started to, um, everything was, everything was working. And then I started to do, um, I signed up to with precision nutrition for their certification, started learning, immersing myself in it. I started to realize like, wow, at the core of all of this is food quality Mm -hmm. because really like it doesn't, it doesn't matter how much I eat, but as long as I'm eating good food, I'm not overeating. Yeah. Um, I started to realize like how much, you know, and, and along this vein right now, at this point, now I've lost probably at this point in the story, I've lost probably close to like 60 pounds. Wow. So people are looking at me and it's very visible and they're like, what are you doing? Right. right. So people are asking me questions. They want to know about my journey. They want to know, um, you know, are you doing keto? Are you, do you eat carbs? Like, you know, and I'm like, no guys, I eat real food. Um, and I'm enjoying myself. I just exercise yeah. and like eat well. And I still have cookies and I still have ice cream and I still eat pizza. And, you know, I still have some drinks here and there, but I've just radically changed my lifestyle. Yeah. And so I realized like, you know, especially with women, right? My friends, my peers, I'm seeing how much they were torturing themselves with food and mm-hmm. how they couldn't get even the slightest results or the scale to budge at all. And here I am, you know, like 60 pounds down and I'm thinking to myself, this is all like everyone's relationship with food is so skewed. I can help them and I can teach them and I want to teach them. Hmm. And I'm a natural like leader, teacher, guide kind of person. So it was so natural to me to be like, I want to be a health coach. And I started down this path of relentlessly pursuing it. And I was working in a full-time corporate job. I was like getting promoted, moving up the ladder and feeling so unfulfilled by it. And I'm like on the side, like trying to build this health coaching. Mm-hmm. And ultimately what it came down to was like, I took this massive leap of faith when I had reached my total breaking point of I'm so out of alignment in my corporate job. And I don't have a business that can support me full-time living in Manhattan. Right. Like I needed quite a bit of money to sustain the life that I had. So I started doing everything I could to cut my expenses. I moved to an apartment that was like in a not so nice neighborhood in Brooklyn. I started to like cut my rent in half, started like stop shopping, stop doing everything. And I was like, I'm ready to quit this job. I'm out. Eventually it didn't work the way I wanted to. It just ended up being like one day I was like, I'm out here. And like, kind of like, 
table and leave kind of thing. That's awesome. Um, and I, I just took the leap and I did it. And I started to build out my health coaching business. I took a job in a gym working the front desk. I started to just go all in. And I don't regret any of it for a second. Um, because it all worked out. And I'm like very incredibly happy and pleased with it. But the... Um, yeah, like the whole like backstory of it, of that weight loss journey, mm. there is no way I could have done what I did in business if it wasn't for learning how much like grit and dedication and commitment that I could have to myself like through that journey. And I was like thinking to myself as I go getting ready to take this huge undertaking of becoming an entrepreneur and diving in head first, I... I knew I was like, well, I did that. I can do this, you know. And so once I and once I did that, like everything else, I started losing more weight. It was like everything just click, 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 click. You know, universe opening doors and lining up for me. And then now here we are, three years later, and I survived. I did it. I'm thriving. (laughs) 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 Wow, Kim, that is an incredible story. And. You know, I had heard bits and pieces of it before, especially through Rachel, because I know you guys had a similar, um, similar story, you know, and what I love about that, like there was, there was so many aspects that I want to talk to you about, uh, in more depth. Um, number one is like just the importance, right. Of like realizing that health is, is supposed to be personalized. Right. And I know Rachel and I talk about this all the time. And I know we've talked about this when we were in, uh, Virginia about how like people are so quick, like those, those people who were like, Oh, are you keto? Oh, are you this? Are you that? And like, they try to put you in a box, right? Because, Oh, if you're losing that much weight, you must be doing this. Right. And re- really like mm-hmm. what I've realized about my own body too is, you know, when you figure out what your body likes and the workouts it likes, the food that it likes, right? Like it's it, it the rest is like plug and play. You know, I mean, it really just falls into place. And um, I've had that same you know challenge before, where you know I spend a lot of money with these different practitioners, and I'm trying to figure stuff out, and I realize it's really just a very simple issue of like, hey, either the workouts are not right for what you want. Or, uh, more than likely it's the food of some sort, you know, um, I've been under fuel before too <laughs> and, uh, know that feeling, you know, and I'm like, why can't I gain mass? You know? And it's like, well, because you're not eating enough, you know? Um, and my newest thing, a little weird side note is actually that like, um, and Shaveen from Symbiotica talks about this and I've learned a lot from check through this, um, or about this, but that it's really not what you eat. It's what's absorbed. Right. And so many of us, um, have compromised guts. Right. And so like, one of the things I've become obsessed with over this past like couple of years is like taking enzymes, different prebiotics and probiotics uh, than I was used to taking uh, for specific purposes and really just preparing my gut. And what I've realized is like with regards to protein specifically, I can eat less protein than I've like almost ever eaten and still get gains, you know, and still be able to do that. So. Okay. You know, for anyone listening who feels like they might be eating a lot and they're not getting the results they want, like they're eating the right food, uh, that's a that's an important tip that I've that I found as well as like it could be your gut, you know, because a lot of us um, yeah. due to glyphosate and everything have you know compromised guts, you know. For uh, sure, and I love that. Like those, um, I love the how nerded out you can get about your own body, and yeah. I love that there's like so many deep dive layers of this. But really what I love to teach is like the entry level person. My, um, I taught a group coaching course through uh, my nutrition, com- nutrition coaching company called Nutrition 101. Mm-hmm. And that was really like the one thing that I am just so thrilled about doing is 
taking somebody who really has no idea what to eat, no idea how to eat, no idea what they're currently eating, mm. no idea what's happening in the grocery store, and just educating them from a pure, like, blank slate. Yeah. And that, that I found to be so gratifying because really, we don't learn. We don't learn. Nobody yeah. teaches us. Nobody yeah. teaches us. And, like, <laughs> I just, like, had this rant on Instagram today. It's like I um, went into a public grocery store today and mm-hmm. I'm in Florida right now and I don't I mean first of all like the way that I shop in New York City is very different like I'm I go to a farmer's market I you know pop in and out of Whole Foods there are like a few things from from like local grocery stores that are small mm-hmm. and so it's not often that I go into these like mega stores right yeah. and I go into Publix and I'm thinking to myself all right like I'm with my parents and they don't really care about food quality, right? They like what they like and they're going to get it. Yeah. So I go into the store and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, are you guys go over there and shop? I'm going to shop for myself. Let me explore this place. And with a, a grocery store with as big of a footprint as it has, the struggle that I had to find things that I would deem as like acceptable food, like yeah. actual food was, you know, it was work. And I, it upset me. Because I'm looking at it and I'm thinking to myself, like, again, right, because I'm, I I don't often experience that style that, like, 90% of America is, is shopping in every single day. Mm-hmm. It's not more than that, yeah. right? And I'm in this. I'm pissed because I'm like, yo, this whole store is full of excess, like, excessive over-processed foods. Like, where this is not food. This is yeah. not food. And, and look at how big it is and look at how excessive and expansive it is. And this is what everyone's shopping in. Mm-hmm. You know, like, no wonder we have this problem with chronic disease. No wonder, like, COVID is still as rampant as it is because we are a sick society. Like, outside of the pandemic of COVID, right? Like, we are underlying, like, we are sick, you know? And I'm looking at the staff of people who the death rates with COVID, and it's, like, somewhere between, like, 94 and 98% of people have chronic disease. Yep. And I'm like, oh Absolutely. my God, like, yep. can we just, like, can we eat some vegetables? Like, can we have organic <laughs> produce? Can we please, like, can we stop this, like, over excessive, like, factory farming of animals? Like, oh my Lord. And, yeah. you know, and, like, the government's not saying shit about it. Oh, no. Like, they don't want to. Like, there's nothing. Of course, because yeah. it would hurt the food industry, right? Like, the food industry is all about money. It's not about people. And the pharmaceutical industry, too. Yeah. Oh, of course. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. God. Because they make like basically the food industry is what causes the issues, right? And then the pharmaceutical industry is like, don't worry, we got you. We have a pill for everything you're dealing with, you know. And you know, it's funny you mentioned that because um, I had that moment too. I've had a couple of them recently, actually, with regards to like that feeling of going into one of those big stores, like in Virginia, right? Like um, when I go to Mark's house, like that's a perfect example. I go there and I'm like, literally, they have like organic berries. Um, and that's about it. Like there's, there's not, there's no organic meat. Uh, there's no organic, like grass fed, uh, uh, any meat or whatever, or fish or, you know, like, um, uh, wild caught fish. Um, and it's scary because what I've noticed, Kim is like, you know, we're in these circles, right. Where people, you know, give a lot of, you know, shits about, you know, food and stuff, right. Like we're, we're in it. Right. Right. And so like, I am so naive sometimes and thinking like, oh, everyone like kind of is getting like uh, the hang of this, right? Like I know people like you and I are like, yeah, not at all. Like, like (laughs) 
it's crazy how many people are still shopping for food like it's gasoline, right? Like, oh, what's the cheapest price? Yeah. Food is just, you know, matter in, matter out. That's it. And then they're, they're, they're like unable to think. They have brain fog. They're getting all these horrible diseases. And yet no one wants to look at the real issue because it takes accountability. And, and that's a problem that America is not ready to face yet. And I love that you brought up COVID because this is the conversation. These are the conversations we need to have around this because what the media is doing is just saying, Oh my God, America's fucked. Uh, you know, uh, COVID's horrible. Oh my God, all this stuff. And it's like, uh, that's not the full story. Like America's also the most unhealthy right, like, country in the world. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just wear exactly. your mask. Like, wear your mask. Yep. Use your hand sanitizer, which by the way is not effective. It's yeah. just, you need to have hand sanitizer on your hands. So I got it. Okay. This is like, I'm going to get off of the high note. <laughs> but so I, I also, so currently I'm managing a, a boutique fitness growing studio called Row House in New York City in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Yeah. And I, we're closed. We've been closed since March. We're, mm. you know, like we, group fitness is not allowed to happen because apparently that's where all of the disease is spreading. Yeah. Right. Gyms are like the third lowest transmission place. And part of that might be self-selecting because the person who's going to go to the gym, it's automatically, I shouldn't say automatically, is more likely to be healthier, right? Mm -hmm. Have a stronger immune system and care about their overall health. Yep. However, I got into a like deep dive on our um New York State guidelines about cleaning and what's actually effective for killing the virus and the difference between sanitizing, disinfecting, and cleaning and all of this, right? Mm -hmm. So when I started researching the products of what I'm going to buy to sanitize the studio and disinfect the studio, I started to learn about dwell time, which is the amount of time that a product needs to be wet on the surface to effectively kill the bacteria and the viruses. Mm -hmm. Like hand sanitizer is like five plus minutes. Yeah. And they don't even know for sure that that kills COVID, right? <laughs> so here I am, every time I go, even at the freaking farmer's market, Ryan, I go to the unit for farmer's market, and they want you to pump a hand sanitizer before you touch anything in the station. Yeah. I'm like, guys, this doesn't work. And it's, <laughs> like, it hurts you. Work. It hurts you because it's yeah, killing like, your immune system. Killing yeah, it's killing the good exactly. microbes. Ugh. So I'm like, you know, I have nothing against washing my hands after yeah. I've been out doing things. I take, you know, sing my happy birthdays or whatever the heck we're supposed to do, right? Yeah. Like take my time to wash my hands. But like, I still come here with a freaking Purell. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's wild. So I forget where we were going with this one. And then I just got on No, it. this I guess, is. I guess he's on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is, this is amazing because I feel like these are the conversations that, that really need to get, uh, that they need to be had right now because, you know, it's like. For anyone, anyone who speaks up about any of this stuff is automatically like, oh, you're conspiracy. It's like, no, I just want to know that the things we're doing are helping us, not hurting us, right? And with everything that's going on, like other countries are having great success at keeping this at bay, right? And so it's like, you know, typical America, like, we don't need any help. We got this on our own, you know? And it's like, well, I don't think we do, you know? Um, and so that's been a very interesting subject. And yeah, it's, it's, it's really touchy with people, you know? And, and a strong correlation I've noticed. Uh, and for anyone listening, like, I'm curious what your thoughts are on this too. Like, um, I've noticed that the more unhealthy someone is, the more likely they are to really lash out at you. The second you mention anything about masks, not being effective, hand sanitizer, not being effective and them actually hurting you. Right. Like the science, right? Like the double blind placebo controlled studies that are out right now surrounding masks show 
that masks do not work and that they're pumping your body full of stress hormones because when your body has something blocking the airways, your body's going, hey, is everything okay up there? We feel like we're suffocating, even if it's just a little bit, right? And so what's happening is your body is pumping uh, like cortisol, norepinephrine, things like that into your body, right, uh, to keep your body on high alert, which is then lowering your immune system, right? So like I understand why it's like it makes it, you know, if you're thinking about it from a human point of view, it's like you put something over your mouth, the things in your mouth can't leave. And it's like, but these are smaller than the mask holes. And that seems crazy to us because we can't see it. Right. So it seems like the belief is that it helps, but really it, it just doesn't. Right. Um, the only time it helped, uh, was in an, in a hospital situation, um, where they used face shields and N95 masks and they did not take them off for 16 hours straight. Rate, which then caused a bunch of other um, health issues too. And so, and, and, and the big conversation is just the fact around like, if people were eating better, if people were drinking clean water, if people were meditating, if people were taking time to actually like cultivate energy within them, they wouldn't get sick because right. disease cannot survive in an alkaline environment. This was figured out in the 20s, right? There was a gentleman, I forget his name, that won the Nobel Prize because he discovered that disease of any sort, that means cancer, that means MS, that means anything, cannot survive in an alkaline environment. I mean, you know, one of the women I used to work with um, at the dispensary, she was, inc- uh, she had got an MS in her 40s and uh, she decided to like up her health at that point. She was already pretty healthy and she, um, for her vegetarian diet worked great. Um, she started doing yoga. She started meditating more and literally her MS never came out up until this point. It's never come out again, right? And so like, again, yeah. like these are the things that uh, it takes, you know, really like I think part of the problem is that we've been trained as a society that when we have an issue, a pill is there to fix it. And so there's not much effort that has to be had. Right. And, you know, to, to meet people where they are and like, you know, to kind of like give them a bone here. Right. It's like, yeah, most people are tired. They're stressed out. They don't have energy to think about things. So they'd rather take a pill. So I, like, I understand where it's coming from and the problem, like not to get on a huge rant, (laughs) but like, uh, <laughs> guilty as charged. Right uh, away, yeah. I'm yeah. like, I'm, I'm like, yes, Ryan, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, the real issue comes down to the fact that most people have been fed a lie that they couldn't do what they loved and they had to do something else. Uh, they have to do something, not they get to do something. And they're disempowered. They don't understand their true nature as a human being, right? What power they have. And they've lost the connection to the people around them because America specifically has this problem with the lone wolf syndrome where we're all like so yeah. independent that it's actually hurting us because we're, you know, we're societal creatures, you know? And so, um, you know, it's, it's such a multifaceted issue. And that's why like, you know, as, as you were saying, like, I try to, I try to really have compassion for these people because I, I get it. Like, you know, I understand, like, you know, they learned from an early age that like, this was the way to live life. And so, you know, um, one of the great things that I, that I love about what you do is like, you meet people where they are, you know, and, and, and you don't like force things on them, you know, because trust me, like I'm the same way where I want people to be healthy, you know? So like I tried for so long to like force things on the people I loved because I'm like, listen, I want you to be around longer, you know? So like try this, you know? And what I realized was like, it just makes me seem like a a Gestapo, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this is like where I come to is like why I say that I really like to work with that like entry level person, that beginner person is because like, okay, like we said, yes, you can eat better. You can drink better water. You can meditate. You can move your body. You can do all these things. Like let's take it to even like a step back with that because like conceptually we understand that yes, like all those things will help us. Mm -hmm. You can 
start, you can get through life and feel pretty good without ever sitting down to meditate in your life. Yep. Like, or without really learning how like proper breathing. Mm-hmm. You can get through life. You could actually, you, in the way that our food industry is, you could get through life with like never drinking water, right? <laughs> you could drink soda, sports drinks, juices, whatever. Like you can still, and you'll be hydrated enough, right? That you was can me get until I was 18. Real, <laughs> yeah. Like it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's wild how much people like that's like a whole nother thing, but you know, and then like, okay, movement, right? Like, yeah, you got to move around. You got to be able to walk. You got to be able to like be somewhat functionally fit, but you could also get through life without doing that. Good luck, good luck getting through life without eating. Mm. You have to eat. Yeah. You have to do it. It's the most fundamental thing. Yeah. And so like, yes, you have to breathe. Yes, you have to be hydrated. Yes, you have to move, but like you can, you can skate by on those ones. Yeah. Like food, you, you can't eat good. Like, have you ever done a fast? Like, hello, that's, it's horrible. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's brutal. We we have, exactly. Like we have to eat. We're wired to do it and everyone is doing it. Mm -hmm. So when you look at it from that perspective, it's like, okay, I can, if I'm, if I'm on this journey at the beginning stages of opening up my awareness and and curious about how to improve my health, start with food, start Mm -hmm. with food because you're already going to eat, right? Yes. You're definitely going to do it. And it's actually like, while yes, I would say it's one of the most difficult things to change, you you do it every day, three times a day, if not more. Yeah. So let's start there. And let's start by changing one meal. Let's start by getting a little bit better quality food. Let's start by reading food labels. Let's start by just bringing our attention and our awareness to the fact that what we put in our mouth directly is our life force. Yeah. You know? So I look at things and I tell people, it's like, was this, if they're, oh, should I eat this? My first question is like, is it alive? Was it ever alive? Mm-hmm. And if no, then let's read a label, right? Yeah. Let's get that package and let's look at it. Because if you're, you know, like pasta, okay, yeah, like, sure, of course you can eat pasta. Like, mm-hmm. it's tasty. Great. Mm-hmm. You know, we can pair it with other things. If that's your favorite food, we can pair it with other stuff to make sure that you're not going to spike your blood sugar and that you're actually full. Yeah. So let's let's do that. Let's talk about how we can add some protein. Let's talk about how we can add some veggies. Let's talk about where we can get more nutrients. Mm-hmm. And then if that's like where we're starting, right? And I don't even go into food quality yet. I just talk about making a balanced meal. Perfect. People are starting. Oh yeah, you're right. Like I was more full. Oh yeah, I didn't need to eat two cups of pasta. I could. I got you know. And and then they're more curious. So then they start to change those habits. They start to get a little bit of results, and they're like. Oh, okay, this is working. And I'm like, now let's talk about food quality. Let's talk <laughs> about making sure that what you're getting is what is the highest available quality to you. Because, you know, like I, so there's my scenario of being in public. Like, did I walk out empty handed? Absolutely not. I bought food, right? Like, I yeah. bought food. I, yeah. You know, I bought stuff that wasn't organic. That's fine. I bought um, some salmon that was farm raised. Fine. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going to not eat. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to eat. Yeah. So I'm going to just provide myself with the best quality food that's available to me or that I can afford. Mm-hmm. Because then the next question like, or the next like objection that I get from people is, Oh my God, this food is so expensive. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm like, well, yeah, it is more expensive. However, like, you know, what else is expensive? Healthcare yep. and health insurance and drugs. Yep. So if you're, you know, like if you're coming to me because you're saying you are maybe like, pre-diabetic like insulin is insanely expensive right Mm -hmm. like you don't want to pay for insulin so let's pay for the food that we can we can take care of it there and then it becomes you know it's like oh okay like i'm spending more money on this is this really even like it's worth it and i'm like i wish it was more readily available i wish it was cheaper we'll keep spending your money on it and it will become more readily available (laughs) it will become cheaper because you're voting with your dollars yeah and so 
me, that's like where I, that's why I love food as an entry point. And I use that as a tool, right? The language and mindset work that I've come to love and become like completely transformed by myself personally. I now teach that to help people execute their food and health goals easier. So I talk with them about getting really clear goals down on paper. I talk with them about, you know, when those excuses and stories and objections come up, we story work it. You know, Mm -hmm. we change our language and it becomes easier to do it all, right? Because like I said, like, it's not easy to change your diet. It's not easy to change your lifestyle. But starting with food, you got a pretty good shot at actually getting somewhere, right? Like how many times have you gone to the gym and never gone back? Like how many times have you gone into like two weeks, yeah. two weeks in January and you're like, yeah, you're new me. And then the next thing you know, you're on the couch. Mm-hmm. Again. It's like, you know, and like, and again, like I, I always come back to like, I'm the first person to see, like, remember when we were in Virginia and we like, I had come back with all of that food from the grocery store. And the first thing we did was open up those cookies. And I was like, yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because no matter how many nutrients are in front of me and amazing food is in front of me, like I still want to have things that bring me pleasure. And, oh yeah. You know, on the other note of that is like, you don't realize how good food can taste when it's prepared well. And it's yes. like actually put some love in it. You take your time. Like nothing, nothing is better than like a perfectly cooked vegetable. Like, yeah, like Like Brussels sprouts. Are you kidding me? Oh my god! Yeah, put some bacon in there. I'm like, get out of here. Oh my god! (laughs) Now you're just teasing me. You know, like you know, it's it's really like you brought up so many amazing things there. I'm so excited. This conversation is just awesome. And uh, for everyone listening, like, wow, this is just so cool. Thank you, Kim, for coming on. Cause this is amazing. Um, you know, you mentioned like how you're going to buy food regardless, right? Even if you, um, can't find like the healthiest option, right. Or like a uh, organic option. And, that like if you're eating healthy all the time and you're going out of your way to get organic or you know um uh, wild caught grass fed grass finished uh you know products then it's okay every once in a while to eat things even like pizza whatever because they act more like a hormetic stressor at that point right so it actually like is in a way good for your body right and what i would um what i would invite everyone listening to do and this is something i do because for a long time i was uh a, a way too heavy into food restriction and what I was doing was yeah. I was telling myself how many things every day I couldn't do. And right. And we know all about negations. Right. And uh, and right. so like, you know, like and and so like what I ended up realizing was I was only hurting myself because really the belief behind things I feel is the most important, you know. So for me, like um, when I yeah, like and so like when I decide to like get a muffin, right, like a nice homemade muffin at the at the coffee shop, right, that uh, Rachel and I go to, I look at it. I feel it with like my my heart and then I go this is going to nourish my soul and that like that intention oh my god like that intention makes that muffin the best ever and one of the things I was going to throw in too is that you know people I think many people think healthy eating uh, eating healthy is like boring right or it doesn't taste good and like I feel you because like a lot of times when you see like movies of people like exercising or whatever they're eating like chicken and rice or like chicken breast and broccoli it's like yeah it's boring yeah, as hell chicken, breast, broccoli, and sweet potatoes is like yeah. the bodybuilder's dream yeah and like yeah. when you think that that's all you're eating and you can't even actually use any like olive oil or butter on it oh. and you're like oh my god this is horrible like yeah, yeah that is that like that's not like that's not giving respect to the food like that's just preparing something to put and again talking about absorption like if you're just preparing it without any and you're just scarfing it down because you think you need to eat three thousand calories in a day to gain mass like you're like 
good luck. Yeah. <laughs> like you yeah. will, you will, but like, I don't know how, how enjoyable that's going to be. So yeah, absolutely. And like, often exactly what you said, the intention is so important. Like yeah. I often like, I mean, I cook most of my meals at home. It's like what I prefer to do because as much as like I love eating out, I just generally like, I'm, I'm more satisfied by the food I cook myself. Yeah. I'm not a chef. Like I'm not that great at cooking. <laughs> I'm okay. Right. Yeah. And, but like things that I do really well, chocolate chip cookies. Mm-hmm. I fucking crush chocolate chip cookies. But when I make those cookies, they are made with so much love and joy. And when I eat them, oh my God, that cookie I've ever had, mm-hmm. right? Like I, like, I have pizza. I make my own pizza. I make my own pizza dough. I, you know, put on sauce, put on cheese, do it. And it's like, I love that pizza. It's great pizza. Like, would I yeah. rather, like, go down the street and get a slice from one of, like, top pizzerias in New York City? Yeah, I'm going to do that too sometimes. But I look at <laughs> yeah. that pizza the way you look at that muffin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. It's, like, yes. so enjoyable. And yeah. And that's the thing I think, like, when, and to bring this into, like, a conversation around pleasure, like, people, we eat for pleasure more often than we eat for fuel or for yep. nourishment. And are you even finding pleasure in what you're eating? Mm-hmm. Like, are you? Because, like, if you're just, like, you know, kind of like, oh, here's, um, you know, a bowl of ice cream, let me just eat it as quick as I can. Like, is that really pleasurable? Because, like, I don't know. I mean, you're you probably just, like, afterwards, like, don't feel so hot. Your stomach's like, mm, that wasn't a great choice. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, but whether, or if you get, like, one scoop of really good ice cream on an ice cream cone and you sit there and you lick it and you're like, yes, this is so good. Like, <laughs> this is amazing. It's a different eating experience. And, like, yeah. we're so, um, Mark just blew my mind on a podcast, like, I was listening to earlier this week. He talked about chewing. I don't know if you've caught that episode yet. I can't really No, I haven't. Out. But I'm curious. Um, he started, yeah, he started talking about chewing and how most people don't really chew. They chew a little bit and swallow and then chew a little bit more and then swallow. And it's so rushed and they're not breathing while they're eating. And I like lost it. I was like, oh my God, this is like an unturned nugget of gold that I have never explored in my coaching. Yep. And I need to. Like, this is the thing. I was like, this is what he just said right there, breathing and chewing, right? Because how can we get our nervous system into that rest and digest mode? If our breath is, is we're completely not breathing. And yeah. if we're also like eating as quickly as we can and then jumping up off the table as quick as we can, or even if we're not even sitting at a table, right? Like I take that for granted. Like I eat all my meals sitting down at a yeah. table, yeah. right? Because like, I don't want to sit on the couch and eat my, yeah. my dinner. I don't want to eat standing up over the kitchen sink. Like mm-hmm. if I catch myself like snacking as I'm cooking, I'm immediately like, just wait, it'll be better when you sit. Mm-hmm. Like you'll enjoy it more when you can be really present with it. And that is such a, such a, such important aspect of eating, right? It's like that connection with other people sitting down and sharing a meal with your family, right? Sitting down and sharing a meal at the end of the day with your partner after you guys have been both like slaving away at your work at your job all day, mm. right? Like that's a point of connection. And it's yeah. a point of like, we are so, like you said, we're social beings. We need that. We need that. And food is the connector that does it. So Yes, you can go and you can sit down with your partner and have a really meaningful conversation over some Big Macs. However, what are the chances <laughs> that you're doing that? Yeah. You know, like you're probably yeah. eating them in the, on the car on the way home after you went through the drive-thru. Like, yep. I don't know, you know? So, yep. like, it's just, oh, man, I could talk, talk about this stuff all day. So. No, it's, you know, honestly, you you brought up a great point there, too, which is like, 
First of all, like love tastes good, right? Like people underestimate, I underestimated for a long time the power of like the medicine of love, right? Which is like literally what we're made from. Like our source is pure unconditional love. Literally. So yeah. like when we put ourselves, <laughs> like when we put an intention on the food we're making that it's going to satisfy our souls, we are uploading our own energy into that. And then what a beautiful way to share our love with the people that we love, right? And you know, when I look at food, you know, when you look at it from like an old school point of view, right? Like, uh, we have like a pretty cushy life right now, you know, in terms of comfort, right? Like, um, you know, of course we're still ultimately busy all the time, but we used to have pretty brutal lives, right? Like out in the cold, especially like, um, you know, back in like the ancient times, let's say. And food was like a fail safe to allow us to actually remember to slow down, right? And like take a look around and be present, right? And like, that presence is something that is so important with food. And, you know, I am guilty of this for sure, like eating when I'm driving, uh, doing things like that. Um, and, you know, I've noticed, uh, like digestion wise, the difference between when I'm like sitting down and I'm like, you know, really putting my energy into that food to make it and then also to bless it before I ingest it and to really set an intention. Like, you know, that's one of the great things I picked up from uh, Paul Check is, you know, really just like the importance of like sitting down and saying like, thank you to like the animals or the plants that are on your plate and telling them like, Hey, you are, you're going to live on in me. And I promise to do right by you. And I promise to use the energy that you're going to give me to go out and continue to make the world a better place by being the full authentic expression of myself and influencing other people and inspiring people to be themselves. Right. And like food is what allows us to do that. And, you know, when you brought up the, the chewing thing, right? Like Paul check has this saying, which is, uh, you know, drink your food, chew, uh, eat your water, you know, and it's, you know, it's something that ever since taking HLC one, I'm very conscious of, right? Because again, like, you know, chewing your food is how you pre-digest it. Right. And also you were right. mentioning, um, like the rest and digest thing. Think about how many people are watching like scary or thriller type shows while they're eating. Right. And like, what is that doing to oh, your yeah. digestion? Right. It's like, that's wild. And that's why, like for Rach and I, like I one of the th- scary, like thriller type show is like the person you're eating with, right? You're yeah. fighting, you're arguing. It's like, ah, yeah. you know, like yeah. there, it doesn't have to be in front of the TV. It yeah. could just be the environment that you're in and the people that you're around, or maybe you're eating at your desk at work. Yes. That's one of the things that like I have tried to like, so really the, the type of client that I work with a lot of times is like a high performer, right? They have a job where they're constantly like, I can't, I can't break from my computer, right? I, at lunch, like, what is that? I'm going to eat at my desk. I'm like, listen, you're going to put 10 minutes on your calendar and you're going to walk away from your computer and you're going to eat your lunch. And yeah. like, I, you know, it's like, I'm so stressing <laughs> about it that I'm like, literally, it will change your life. Especially now that you're at home, you're working from home, you have no excuse. Yeah. Like, you can take a break. You can spend 10 minutes in the bathroom. Like, spend 10 minutes eating your food away from your screen. Yes. <laughs> you know? Like, it's like, this is crazy the way that people do it. And, and I, like, it really comes down to that nervous system response, right? Like, if yeah. we, like you said, the digestion, the patience, and all of it, if the nervous system cannot relax enough to actually receive food into your body, like, come on. Yeah. Like, we know. We know. Like, when you, I mean, maybe most people don't know, right? So that's the problem. And we don't, we're not even aware of the fact that we can be in two different stimulated states, right? Of that rest and digest and um, fight or flight. And I like exclusively speak to them that way because again, like that beginner client, like can relate to that. Yeah. Like they're like, oh, fight or flight. I get that. That's like when I'm like, I'm uh, a little bit like on my toes and I'm very stimulated and rest and digest is like, I'm smoothing. 
right? Or I'm like totally relaxed. And like when we talk about sympathetic or parasympathetic, they're like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> you know? I'm yeah. like, no, like literally, I, I speak to them that way because it's so understandable and relatable. And like, like you said, like with us, right, being like in this a little bit tunnel vision, we care more about, we care about this more than the average person. And, you know, it's something that's obviously so important to us. Mm-hmm. We are so attuned to our own being. Right, yeah. like you get that through through awareness and meditation, you understand when you're when you're stimulated and when you're totally relaxed. You know the difference. Mm-hmm. Most people don't know the difference. Yeah. They have no clue. And even when they are relaxed, quote unquote, they're <laughs> yeah. not. Yeah, they're not relaxed. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. So like we we don't even know. Like we we like, and I say we like because I was that person at one point. Yeah. I had no clue. Like I. Seriously, like, you know, the life that I was leading where I was, I was up at like five o'clock in the morning, I'm on the subway first thing in the morning, I'm at the gym, I'm running to work, I'm at work all day, stressed the fuck out. Then I get home and it's like, I'm building this nutrition business and then I'm like, okay, let me make sure I get to bed before midnight so I can get up again at 5 a.m. Like, what? Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Talk about the rat race, right? (laughs) Yeah. And like, and then having all of the energy of New York City on top of that, like, I had... There was the only the only like Zen place I found was a yoga studio or a meditation studio. That was it. And even yep. then, I was like thinking about my to list. Right? I'm thinking yep. about who in this room can I network with that can help me get clients. Yep. I'm not, <laughs> like, you, know, like, you know, so much. And so it's I know I know what that person is experiencing and what they're going through and what they're doing. And I know how hard it is to slow down. Yeah. And you know, like to bring it back to COVID, like we've all been forced to slow down right now in our mm-hmm. lives and. And it's been a very beautiful thing for a lot of people. And if we can build off of that and use this as like a, a new baseline of how well we can relax and how how we can do more by doing less, like everyone's going to be better off, right? And so people who have been incredibly fortunate to experience like they haven't lost their jobs and they're healthy still, like count your blessings and continue to do like continue to take care of yourself, you know, and if you're experiencing hardships from this, you know, there's, there's a lot that you could be feeling and a lot that you could be experiencing and a lot of grief and loss and and pain and struggle. You can still integrate some of this into it to help yourself and to like ease that a little bit. And so, you know, I don't want to like make it seem like, oh, COVID is the greatest thing because it helped me to like work from home every day. And this is amazing, right? Like, because there's obviously a lot of pain and struggle. Yeah. But it becomes about how can I, how can I take that and do something with it, you know? And how can I take that and improve myself and, and, and like, use this time when we are a little more isolated to go inward and ask yourself these questions, right? Like ask yourself, like, am I happy with how I eat? Am I happy with my job? Am I happy in my relationship? Like, am I mm-hmm. happy in my life? Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like, and if somebody's listening to this podcast, I'm sure they're asking themselves those things and they're figuring out like how to, how to improve it because like you don't seek out something called highly optimized because you're just like, you know, like have no hope. But like clearly... <laughs> Clearly, we can we can do something about it, and all. Yeah, well, so. yeah, and like one of the things that I'm aware of too is like no matter where we're at, we can always improve, right? And and you know, Absolutely. and and I love what you brought up there about COVID, like you know, because 
there is that like tendency, right? And I have this too sometimes to be like, you know, because I'll say like 2020 has been the best year of my life, right? Like, you know, not because it's been the easiest and like, but that's, that's okay. Like, I mean, I enjoy challenge. So for me, it's been the year that I've like really just had to step up. Uh, I've gotten to step up in and, and take my own power back and uh, stop making excuses for my own life. And so like, you know, really what it comes down to is like, you know, because I'm tempted to say those things too, like, hey, I'm sorry, like for everyone listening who's had a rough year, but at the same time, it's all perspective. And if the year has happened to you yeah. regardless, then why would you look at it as any other thing but good, right? Because to me, it's like, True. you know, the second you start looking at something as bad, you know, to me, uh, that makes you the victim, right? Because you're like, you know, right. again, you accountability, right? Like if you think something's bad, then you and you alone have the power to change it. And if you're not changing it, you're therefore making yourself a victim by default because you're saying that you are powerless to change that, right? And so for me, it's really about like, especially for what I feel the world needs right now is more people standing up and saying, you know what? Yeah, this year has been challenging. And you know what? Yeah, people have like gotten very ill and, and you know, that's, that's terrible. And we're here now. Where do we go from here? Right? Like, what can we do to prevent this type of thing from happening in the future? What we can do is we can take control of our being. We can take control of our health. We can choose as the conscious creators of our life to look at things as happening for us, not to us. We can choose to buy the organic food instead. We can choose to seek out options to buy in bulk if money is an op, if money is a thing and you don't want to spend extra money on organic food. And one of the things you had said earlier that you know, it bears repeating is that, you know, yes, organic food is more expensive. And yes, you're going to spend it regardless. Would you rather spend it on healthy food to make your meat suit work awesome? Because if you haven't realized yet, this is the one and only meat suit we get to drive around like, <laughs> right? So it's like, it's like you buy a car, right? And the car needs brakes and a couple other things. And you need to drive from Boston to Oregon, right? Like, what kind of ride do you want? Do you want to do you want to dish out the money beforehand and maybe have to get a little bit cheaper hotel rooms to make sure that you get there? Or do you want to go, you know what, screw it, the brakes, everything eh, I can work, you know, timing belt, no worries, you know, I'm just going to take off and see what happens. Yeah. Fingers crossed, right? And so for me, it's like, yeah. you know, for it, it was an easy choice for me. Once I became aware of this, it was like, of course, I would rather put the money in now when I'm young, and I can enjoy it, rather than having to be 60 and be like, Oh, my God, now I have cancer and all these other diseases. And then I have to give my life savings away to make up for what I didn't take uh, action on, you know, when I was younger. And so, you know, the thing that I like to like harp on this is that it's never too late. Yes. Yes. Our body can, our, our, like our metabolic health can adapt in days. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to like look at this and say, okay, I'm 75 and like it's over for me. Mm -hmm. Like, no, I'm 75 and I've got, I want to see another 10, 15 years of my life. What can I do to optimize that? Yeah. Freaking change your diet and your lifestyle, right? Because it's never too late and our cells turn over, our body adapts. Like, we can improve our health. Like, you mentioned the woman with MS. Like, Mm -hmm. I think of what comes to mind there is there's like, um, like I've watched plenty of, documentaries and different things that I've seen people who have reversed symptoms in major illnesses and major issues, Alzheimer's, MS, um, kids with autism, right? Changing their diet, changing their, what they're eating changes their behavior, changes their happiness, right? So it comes down to 
is this something that I need to address right now? The mm-hmm. answer is yes for everybody, regardless of how old you are. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Literally, like you need to think about this now because if you're, you know, in our, our case, right, you're young and you're healthy. Mm-hmm. You want to sustain that. You don't mm-hmm. want to experience, I hate to say it, and they don't want to. What you want is a long, healthy life full of ease, right? Mm-hmm. You want to be able to carry your groceries in from your car. You want to be able to play with your kids. You want to be able to play with your grandchildren. Yeah. You want to be able to move around freely, right? And yeah. you want to do it with good energy and a clear mind. And yeah. the only way you're going to do that is by, not the only way. The main way you're going to do that <laughs> is by feeding yourself good food, right? We know the other things about movement, strength training, and, and breathing. Mm-hmm. Those things are undoubtedly going to help, but we all got to eat. So yeah. that's where it starts, like in my mind. And I'm sure there's maybe somebody who's maybe a little more educated that would, would give me some rebuttal to it. But I, you know, I'm like, we're all just humans here, right? Like, we yeah. all just got to get by here. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, really what I'm seeing is like, you know, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Like, food is the foundation, along with sleep, right? Like, sleep might be the only thing more important. And food directly yeah. affects your sleep, right? So, it's like, what came first, the chicken or the egg, you know? It's like, to get better sleep, you got to eat yeah. better. But to eat better, you got to get better sleep. You know, it's kind of that whole thing, you know? And, you know, one of the things we've been dancing around here as well is like, how we got to this point, right? Like how you specifically got to this point, right? Because there was extra, there was other work that went into like what allowed you to realize I need a change, right? What allowed you to actually take action on that change and what allowed you to stay committed to that change, right? And, you know, a lot of people will throw out terms like mindset, which yes, accurate. And I like to go a little bit deeper than that, you know? And something I know we're both super passionate about is that of language, and our ability as the conscious creators of our lives to choose to use language that will best allow us to create the realities we want to have in life. And I'm curious, when did you first become interested in the subject of language and how have programs such as Procabulary and Lifted shifted the way you view language and life as a whole? That's a good question. Mm. So I have always been a very um, chatty person. I love to have conversations. And I love to write. Yeah. So I, as far as, I mean, I think back to um, when I was in high school and college. And I, so in college, I majored, I double majored in math and philosophy. Mm-hmm. And like my, some of my fondest like memories of like academic life in college was me sitting and churning out like 20 page papers because I love to write and I love to like flush out ideas and to contemplate things like very deeply. And so the, um, in relation to my weight loss and my health journey, um, there I this is a very specific memory and a specific story. I was walking home from work one day and I was, you know, peak of being unhappy and really just like at a loss for what do I do, right? Like I recognize that I'm not in a place where like I'm not where I want to be. I'm not where I feel good. And I'm like, I don't know if it's my job. I don't know if it's because I'm single and I'm like lonely or is it mm-hmm. because I'm you know, like not happy with living in this city. Is it because I'm not happy with my friends? Like, I don't know what it is. And I'm walking and I just like had this like literally straight download from the divine of go get, go get a journal and write about it. And so I next block was staples. I pulled in there and was like, all right, I'm going to spend 20 bucks. I'm going to buy this journal and I'm going to buy this colored pens and I'm going to go home and I'm going to figure it out. And so then, you know, and then I got home and I was like, okay, now what? Like, I have this urge to write, but like, what do I write? Like, I don't know, like, dear diary. Okay. Um, 
And really like that, that opened a lot of doors for me because in the beginning it was, you know, I was writing something like maybe like a little inspirational quote or a little reflection of my day or something every like two to three weeks, like very minimally. And it started to become like more and more that I was realizing, all right, I'm getting like, I really am enjoying when I do this. And so it started to become a little more frequent, but still not like a regular thing. Um, and around the time that I was researching how the hell to quit my job and do this health coaching thing, and I'm trying to figure out, like, how do I actually make enough money at this to sustain my lifestyle in New York City, I started taking tons and tons and tons of notes. Mm. So I would sit at my desk at work, and I'd take notes while I was listening to podcasts. I started to take notes um, in conversation that I was having with people that were doing the job, right? And I realized that when I was writing things down, it stopped and it really was really super effective. So around that time, I also started to get into, I'm also like a super creative person. Like I was like, I was like meant to be an artist, but like definitely just like got stifled <laughs> when I was like five yeah. years old or like 10 years old. Like artists don't make any money and like they're losing their heads in the clouds. I'm like, yeah, that's me. So um, great. <laughs> Guilty. Uh, I'll try to go fit. I'll try to go fit your mom. I'm like, doing this corporate boss lady thing. However, like really all I want to do is like sit in my studio and like smoke weed and paint all day. Cool. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> like, I'm to be an art like, kids how to do pottery yeah. so in the future what next life maybe or like <laughs> 10 years ago <laughs> but the idea being that like the um i creative outlets for me were so important and so words were the thing that i felt the most drawn to once i started to write and journal every single day um i saw how powerful the things i wrote down were in my life and eventually what happened was and this was well before I found it, lifted or had that mark. Um, around, I would say, um, I, well, I first met Mark through the strong coach, or I met him or became familiar with him through, uh, through Mike Bledsoe. And the goal setting that Mike taught me, that Mark had taught him, mm-hmm. was super powerful to me and super clear and uh, game changer. So, I got really curious about language and words from a perspective of writing in a creative way, not ever really thinking about it from a perspective of like how to do anything tangible with it. And at some point that shifted because it became about I'm setting these goals, I'm writing them down, I'm writing down these affirmations and this shit is happening. <laughs> this shit is happening in my life. And I'm like, yo, I wrote it down and it's here. And so once I got, once I got that and I started being like, well, what happens? What if I'm writing it down wrong? Right. Mm-hmm. So then I started to see the negations. I started to see everything I was focusing on that I didn't want that was showing up. Right. And then it became like, all right, there's something to this. And, and I started, and then I like, uh, had met Mark a few times in San Diego and hung out with him and spent time around him. And I was like, this dude, whatever, whatever he's got going on in there and this language stuff, like this, there's something to this. And so that ended up being like, I, you know, I enrolled in, um, enlisted like purely for myself. I had mm-hmm. no intention of teaching story work coaching. I didn't want to coach it. I just wanted to like clear out the clutter that was existing and anxiety and overwhelm that was existing in my own brain. Mm-hmm. And you and I can relate on this. It's like all <laughs> yep. rate of speech, yeah. right? Like the yeah. rate of speech, how quickly my mind moves because I like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I will say it. I'm smart. I'm quick. Right. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. But what comes with that is like a major burden because the rate at which shit moves through my head, like 
I couldn't even see, I couldn't like, I didn't know which way was up, right? So once I started writing things down, once I started getting really clear and precise with my language, and then once I started to slow down and breathe, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, oh, okay. <laughs> and everything became infinitely easier. And so like, I'm an avid writer. I love to do it creatively. I love to do it just to brain dump. I love to do it for, to actually take action in my life. Mm-hmm. And so words are probably like, not probably, they are the most important tool that I have because yeah. it's how I communicate and it's how I express. Mm-hmm. And if somebody like took away my journal and pen, like I would, I don't, I don't know how I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm yeah. not sure. Like I would find something else. Like, you find me out there, like on like trying to find like rocks to scribe into the ground or something. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah. It's, it's such like, an essential tool to me. Yeah. You'd be like, I'm having a good time. <laughs> not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like something that is, you know, it's just something that I, I find to be so valuable and so yeah. important. And so the uh, biggest things with language that have impacted my life is really uh, the negations and affirmations, huge, mm. and the soft talk versus solid talk. Mm-hmm. So removing any of the kind of sort of maybe probably trying, like I think all of those like those words that cluttered what I was really trying to say and express yeah. uh, to myself, even right. Like I talk about it in communication with other people. That's great. Yeah. I love being able to express myself better. Yeah. However, like I said, that internal world was a shit show. <laughs> and that was not. That was not. That was clear and it's light and it's easy and it's focused and it's like, okay. Like, and when I feel those experiences of overwhelm or anxiety or uncertainty, I immediately sit down, I meditate, and then I write about it. Mm-hmm. You know, because I know how to course correct for myself and I know how to breathe through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, you know even though i'm sure both of us are speaking insanely fast right now (laughs) normally uh, it's a little easier yeah you know (laughs) and it's it's so funny because like um you know i'm always i've always been a super fast talker and when i'm around someone else who does the same thing i'm like oh let's go you know what i mean i'm like i remember when we met in uh in virginia like we had that going and it's like you know as from aries to aries like i imagine that the way and i've talked to sean lazio about this too like I'm just excited, like, you know, and, and yes. I, and, like, yeah. I get, like, I'm, we're fire, you know, so, like, we get fired up yeah. easily, you know, and especially when we're around other, like, people that, like, I always think of myself like a hype man, you know what I mean? Like, I can, like, make people yeah. get pumped up about anything, right? And then when I'm around another hype man or hype woman, it's like, who can hype one another up more? And, oh, man, that's a, that's a competition I will go down every time and I will try to win, <laughs> you know, and it's I just mean, it's it's so fun. Because, like, I also think about it as like uh, when I find somebody that can keep up with my rate of thought and conversation, yeah. it gives me, it opens up that floodgate, right? Yeah. So like I find, I think about now, this is like giving me an interesting reflection of people in my life that I struggle to communicate with most mm. are the, are slow yeah. and grounded and very like that, like earth energy versus the fire energy. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah it's you know it's it's funny because rachel uh is is a taurus so like sometimes she's like i just i just want like to not have to talk and i'm like perfect i'll take over you ready for an hour of straight talking (laughs) like (laughs) and 
You know, speaking of talking, uh, you know, I know one of the things that you love as much as I do is podcasting, right? I know technically you're doing Instagram Live, but it's a podcast now, right? We already established that at the beginning of the episode. So your podcast, Coffee Talk, I'm so curious, you know, how you started it or why you started it and how you started it, uh, what it's taught you and what your goals are with the show and movement you're creating around like really just bringing awareness to like what coffee does. I mean, like, that's one of the things that I love about what you do. I imagine that, like, the emphasis on it is not, like, you know, appreciate coffee, but, or and, like, coffee's amazing for being able to conversate with people. And so I think what you're doing is incredible. And I'd love to hear some more backstory on, like, what came up, uh, how you came up with it, and uh, what your goals are. For sure. So one of my favorite pastimes in life is to sit in a coffee shop and write my journal mm. or sit in a coffee shop and catch up with a friend. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, so I've been blogging on Instagram for about three years now. And I, it started as in my mind with the intention of health coaching. And it was really me chronologuing my weight loss journey and my fitness journey. And then it became my marketing platform for my nutrition coaching business. And then it pivoted back to my own personal blog. And I still wanted to teach people things. I wanted to share my wisdom of health and fitness. I wanted to share my personal story. And I wanted people to like get these like little nuggets of something that was actionable and that they could do in their life. So what I would do is like I before I did it as like podcast format, I would just like jump on Instagram stories for like two-ish minutes and be like, while I was having my coffee and I'd be like, Hey, it's coffee talk. Like today I'm going to talk about meditation or like today I'm going <laughs> to talk about um, how you can like grocery shop better. Or today I'm going to give you like a little insight on journaling. And they were quick and very, um, very rough around the edges because it was literally me having my coffee without any intention behind it or any real plan yeah. about what I was going to teach or say. Messy action. But I was finding like, Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I was finding like, I really enjoyed it. And I was getting good little messages back from people. Like, mm. Oh, wow, I really like when you said that on Coffee Talk the other day, like I really it resonated. I was like, oh, wow, mm. okay, cool. They're listening. And it was a, um, it was a impromptu thing with no structure or nothing like that I did for a while. And eventually I got away from it. And then I started to miss it. And I started to go, oh, I don't want to bring that back. And I did have the idea and the goal of doing a podcast or longer, more thought out teaching like moments or videos or, you know, I was toying with the idea of like, do I do YouTube? Do I do a podcast? Like, what do I do? And I realized I was like, well, my platform is Instagram. That's where my people are. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm nurturing them. So, all right, let's do this Instagram live thing. Like, or let's, you know, I'll put up little videos and at first, it was a very, um, I was so scared. Like, I was so scared. I didn't, I was, you know, like, I was like, I don't want to put my face on here and tell everybody everything. Like, this is so hard. And yeah. um, it wasn't. But I had the idea to do it. Um, I don't remember exactly how or when I was like, I'm going to commit to this every Sunday for a year. Oh, I do know. I was following this girl on Instagram who uh, was doing weekly tarot card reading. Mm-hmm. And I, that was the best hour of my week. I was like, I'm logging on at 6 p.m. to watch this girl do the Sunday reading, and this is amazing. Her name is Cara Winter, if anyone wants to follow her. She's not phenomenal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> entrepreneur girl, like, owns a crystal shop in Durham, North Carolina, and she is, like, just a channel of God. Mm. And so I was listening to her. I was watching her, and I was like, this is great. I was like, she's pulling up business. She, these crystals are falling out the door. This girl's rolling in it. Like, she's a smart <laughs> businesswoman. And all because she's showing up on Sundays 
and like talking to her people. Yeah. And so I think to myself, I'm like, wait, this is what I like to do. Wait, hold on. Can I make this <laughs> I can work? do this too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So she gave me the idea. And then I thought to myself, like, I was like, all right, well, I can't just like, I have to put some goals around it because one goal oriented person and two, I needed to have some direction. So I thought, all right, I'm going to commit to this every Sunday for a year. Mm-hmm. And when I did that, I, again, scared shitless. I didn't want to do it. It was not like, I, I like make this joke that like Instagram is my nervous tick, but like it is because yeah. <laughs> I never wanted to do it. I never wanted, like, I just, I kept doing it and kept doing it and kept doing it because I couldn't shut up <laughs> and I needed to, I needed people to hear what I had to say. And so I said, all right, you know what? Like, let me lean in, let me lean in and let me actually give this some energy because mm-hmm. I keep doing it. So if I'm doing it, I might as well do it well. Yeah. So I started with like interview or solo episodes and I was like unprepared and like just out of bed and like really rough around the edges. And then eventually I had the idea of like, you know, it would be cool. Like if I brought on like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I brought on a friend and I interviewed them. And then once I started to have those interview formats, I was like, I love it. I love it. Like if nothing else, like I get to have a conversation with my friends and and like when I say my friends, I mean like great coaches who are super knowledgeable and super well spoken and highly entertaining. So I was like, if I'm like, I want to share these conversations with people. And my goal with it, to bring it back to that, is really to have this raw conversation between two people who are um, passionate about what they do and what they teach, me being one of them, right, as a host. And like bring on a person who knows a lot about what they do and just have a conversation that I think people should be having. Yeah. And why not do it over coffee in the morning? And, yeah. and if it's like, you know, like uh, I'm going to have you on this Sunday and we're going to talk about cannabis and health coaching and like how we can, how people can like bust through some of their stories around is that good or bad? And like, we'll save that conversation for Sunday. But like, you know, that's something that I talk about with my friends and that's something that I have had clients ask me about and it's something that people want to know but like who's talking about it like i know people are out there talking about it but like they're gonna leave me more voices yeah so in my mind like let me bring on people who are highly educated in what they do and what they teach have a conversation with them that's going to be like that unfiltered uh view of it like a real conversation you would have their friends and let other people in on it mm-hmm. right because the more people that hear it and the more conversations that are had it's going to spark an inspiration or a change in somebody who's listening. Yeah. And so, you know, my, my hope is that people tune in. They're also sitting around like shooting the shit on Sunday morning, like maybe sipping coffee, maybe just like still in bed, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they can, they're already on Instagram anyway, like open this up and like, let's have a, have yeah. a conversation about, <laughs> you know, like what the heck's going on. Yeah. And, and if we can, um, you know, like if it, if it turns into, uh, like I always try to cross promote with my, with my friends, right. If I can shoot them some business, amazing. Right. Mm-hmm. If somebody comes to me and is like, Oh, I'd love to work with you. I'm like, all right, like we can talk about what that is, but that's not my, that's not primary. Like that's not my primary goal with it at all. It's yeah. literally just a fun passion project at this point that I imagine I'm going to continue beyond that one year mark. I, um, would love to do it in a podcast format, right? Like whether that's like take the audio off of the videos that are on Instagram or whatnot. Um, I'm still going to figure that out. It's like a matter of like tech and finding the right person to help me. But yeah. the, um, you know, like I love the video piece of it. 
I want people to see, right? Because like I want them to see the body language and the interaction and the excitement, right? You can hear it in our voices when we have these great conversations. But like there's nothing better than like watching two people talk and get to it. And so it's you know, like that's what it is. That's what it's just it's fun. It's just fun. And so I'm I'm trying to bring on like the most entertaining people that I know or the people that are really like um interesting conversations to be had that can relate to uh my audience, which is like a combination of coaches and people who are looking to me for weight loss advice. And it's just part of good dialogue, you know, that's it. That's awesome. Wow. I love that. You know, and like really what I love most about that is you're essentially like with everything you're doing in life, Kim, you're following what makes you happy, you know, and you know, happiness is such a good, yeah, it's like, exactly. (laughs) Happiness is the point. Right. And like, it's such a good compass that like, I think a lot of us, I know me, I overlook it. Right. And like, I, I downplay it, you know, but it's like, Hey, does it feel good to do? If so, keep doing it. Right. And the topic of happiness can be a tricky multifaceted issue to tackle. However, in my experience, true happiness, Happiness stems from some of the simplest things imaginable, like I was just saying. What are some tips you could give to someone listening right now who feels stuck, who feels frustrated, overwhelmed, and confused, and can't seem to get their mind to, quote-unquote, behave in the sense of remaining calm in the face of, you know, any challenges or adversities they're facing? Uh, Find somebody who you think or uh, find a mentor, like find a person who you look at and say, like, if I could live my life like they do, I I might enjoy myself mm. and go learn from them, right? Yeah. Because like that's what I did. I was I was, you know, I was searching for those mentors like in my professional life, like in in you know in the office. I'm looking at. I had one boss in particular who I loved because she understood me and she like gave me the freedom that I needed. Yeah, and and so like you know, in that scenario, in a work environment, it was like, I would look to her and be like, well, how would she behave? How would she act in this scenario? Mm. And then I started to realize like when it was no longer aligned and even what she was doing, I was like, I don't want to do that. It became like, all right, well, who else is doing it? Right. So I found pod people on podcasts. Like Mike Bledsoe was a huge one for me because I heard him speak differently. And, you know, whether, and that was just like where he was at that point in time and where I was. And I heard his voice and then I heard other people. Right. And I heard other, you know, this girl, Bacara Winter, who I heard doing these Sunday readings. And then I was like, I'm going to do coffee talk. Like, I just, <laughs> I, I've always lost to people that are doing something that, that not necessarily um, to be them or to imitate them or to do exactly what they're doing because I'm not them. It's, if something that I see inspires me about what they're doing, getting really curious about it and learning from them directly yeah. or indirectly. And in the world of social media and in the world of the internet, you can absolutely find somebody who aligns with you and you can absolutely learn from them 100% for free. Like, you know, yeah. there's not, you, you don't need a lot. Um, if you, if you're really in a tough spot and you need some like attention and accountability and support, like find a coach, find a therapist, um, you know, that's another thing that I'm like very vocal about. I've been seeing a therapist since I left my corporate job and that has been really important, right? Like I think I've gotten, I know I've gotten better long-term for better changes and results from like a coaching environment than I have through therapy. Mm. But therapy has been the thing that has given me the space to just be a human, right? Like yeah. sometimes your coach is <laughs> like you get like, too much pressure on yourself and it's like, 
oh my god you know like it's like it gives me that space to just like be and 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 no pressure and just like talk about things and work through it right so like find your find your tribe find your network find your people right your friends are important but find mentors because that's where you're going to like level up and take yourself one step forward and if right now the level you're at is like rock bottom and you're miserable like well, there's only up from there, right? So yeah. <laughs> you can do you can do it. And like people will help you and people want to help you, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're here having this conversation because we want to help people. Yeah. And so like find those people, they're there. They're they're gonna do it. They're gonna help you. Yeah. And you know what I love about that is like you know, for me, and I imagine for you, and I imagine for everyone who reaches that happiness state, it all starts from just saying yes to yourself. You know, it's it's saying that, like, oh, yeah. I matter, you know, I matter enough to become happy. And you know what, like, you know, sometimes like the the fear of change outweighs like the the fear of, you know, staying the same. And, um, you know, when that flips, and you're able to be more excited about the change and more fearful of staying where you are, that's where things can really um, uh, change. And that's why, like you mentioned, rock bottom. Rock bottom is actually amazing. It gets a really bad rep, right? Like, yeah, it feels like yeah. shit when you're there, right? And it's it's great information and motivation to be like, you know what? Like, when you hit rock bottom, like, you can be right above rock bottom and, like, you know, you might be able to weasel your way out of it and, like, find some short-term happiness through, like, distractions or things like that. But when you hit rock bottom, it's like a moment where you can't ignore it anymore. And, like, the elephant in the room is now, like, five elephants in the room, you know? And, like... That's yeah. that's something that when you reach that point, you know, all you can do at that point is say yes to anything, like move in any direction, even 1%. Like I'm obsessed with this idea of micro progressions, you know, because I feel so many people bite off a lot more than they can chew because the mind wants to like is already changed, right? So like say if someone's overweight, yeah. the mind's already like, all right, I'm done with this weight. I want it gone, right? But the body takes time to catch up, right? So the mind will be like, all right, you know what? I'm cutting out all the bad food. I'm going to the gym six days a week and uh, you know, I'm not hanging out with any of my friends anymore, right? And it's like that's not gonna really be be like uh attainable and sustainable over time because yeah. you're you're and cutting like, out things take time. Yeah. Like yeah. it takes Right. And so this is giving me, you know, I'm thinking of one of my clients in particular is like, he's like, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, but I just don't see the results. I'm like, I need you to be patient because you are doing it and you are crushing it. It's not even like, there's no question in my mind if you're doing it right. What we need is time. Like, that's it. And like, I know that that's not easy to hear. Right. And I think about rock bottom, think about time. Like, yo, I've been through some freaking shit on this journey. This yeah. has been the hardest thing of my life. Yeah. Right? Like, my parents weren't on board with me changing careers and quitting my job. Mm-hmm. Like, people in my in my relationships in my life, like, while I was doing it, became, like, I was through emotional turmoil every which way because I'm, because that's what happens when you change something and when you go after what you want. Yeah. Like, you have to make, you have to make these changes and you have to, like look at it in a new a way that I that I like to reframe it for people is not necessarily like you know okay like staying the same or the discomfort of change it's like well what's the cost of not changing yep. with that because if if it's more ha- unhappiness and more misery and more like you know like gaining more weight or um, just becoming even more sick like that's a big deal like which direction do you want to move in and. Everyone wants to move in a positive direction and 
I think I think everyone wants to move yeah. in a positive direction for the yeah. part. And it's like how do we how do we really like how do we do that? And how do we get over that discomfort and the work involved to get there? It's like, well, let's like really think about the worst case scenario if we go. Mm-hmm. And is that something you're willing to accept? And yeah. if not, like then then okay, let's like start climbing this mountain of work. Let's mm-hmm. start like let's start going through the hard shit because it is gonna be hard. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not gonna yeah. like, anything you do yeah. is gonna be hard. Like yeah. it's like it's you ha- you have to. You have to do the the way in which you create change and adaptation is through stress. Mm-hmm. Like we know that. Yeah. <laughs> so. it, it's <laughs> You know, one of my buddies, Zach, has one of the best quotes, and it's, if you don't challenge yourself, your life will become a challenge. And, like, the accuracy of that yeah. statement is so important. And it's like, people wonder why I do ice baths and I do combo and I do all these things that are challenging. It's like, because I like to enjoy, like, I like to be able to find the calm in the storm because then when I'm in traffic, then when something goes wrong at work, then when something, you know, the podcast or something goes, you know, awry or something, it's just like, okay, I know how to get myself into a centered state. I take a breath, I drop into my heart and I'm good to go, you know? And uh, yeah, those lessons, you know, really like, I think what it comes down to, at least it came down to for me is like, when I truly understood my why, like when I went like, and, and not just like the I want to look good naked type why, you know what I mean? Like the, the like, I want to be an example for other people to get their power back type why, right? That's when really like my my decision making, it came, it became a lot easier, because then like, if someone wanted to go out and do something like, you know, like, oh, let's go get McDonald's or something. It was like, that's just not in alignment with me. It doesn't even, it doesn't even like hit, hit on my radar, right? It doesn't mean that like we were talking about at the beginning, it doesn't mean I might not want to go make an amazing like grass fed burger at home, right? Like doesn't mean I can't do that, right? And so like for everyone listening, like, you know, I think one of the biggest things that Kim and I are saying here is that like health can be fun. Like you can still have your cake sure. and eat it too. Just make sure it's gluten free. Like it's, you know I mean? it's like you like, know, it's like way, right? Like like you're happier, I'm happier. Like people who are healthy are happy. There's a reason why people say like happy and healthy or healthy and happier, whatever it is. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, we want to be happy and healthy. Like there's a reason. Like they co- they're correlated. Yeah. Right. We know that like bring it back to the, the gut stuff, right? Yeah. Our gut is our second brain, and that's what is influencing a lot of what you think and feel. So if that's a wreck, your mind's a wreck too, yeah. right? So we we recognize like feeling, and and it's, to me, it's all about quality of life, right? Like you can have an amazing quality of life, you deserve to have an amazing quality of life, but that's up to you, yeah. Right? So it's about you know feeding yourself to support that, and then moving your body to support that, and you know creating relationships around you to support that, yeah. You know, and, creating relationships with yourself to support that, yeah. And it all starts with like just one change. Like for anyone listening who's like, oh my God, this seems overwhelming. Like we get it. Like we've both been there, right? Like, you know, like, like maybe like what you can do is like your first thing is maybe like, okay, you know what? I'm going to wake up an hour earlier, like once per week so I can meal prep a meal for lunch every day at work, right? Like we're talking like a very low hanging fruit here, right? Or whatever else you like to hang on trees, you know, but like, uh, like, like I'll make it even better. I'll give you a five minute meal that you can make like as you're like pairing things together to run out the door. I don't even need you to have an hour. Like yes. we need five minutes. Yes. You know, we need five minutes to sit down and meditate. We need five minutes to sit down and journal. We need yeah. five minutes to get our head on straight. That's it. And yeah. it's like, it doesn't have to be this, like massive. Thing. It's, yeah. And we, we really can, we, we can do it. We've both done like, and that's like where I think a lot of, um, 
I know that I get a lot of credibility with my clients and people that I work with when I talk about these things. Is that I've literally been there. Like, here's the picture. Here's the picture that yeah. proves it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you know, like I've been there. Yeah. I get it. So yeah. it's not like it's not like I'm say, I'm showing you something that's uh, a crock of shit and like pipe yeah. dream. Like, it's yeah. not. It just it takes time. It takes focus. It takes dedication, and it takes you wanting to do it. Yeah. And like to bring it back to that to the point about the why, like. Your why, your deeper why, is a possibility that's really coming from a source of pain in your own life. Mm-hmm. And so, if you are a person experiencing pain or discomfort or this aspect of unhappiness, right? Like, you know what's on the other side of that? Freaking bliss, right? Like, you're going to yeah. come through it and you're going to find what you need. And, like, there's, I can't, I cannot remember who this person is in this quote. And it's like probably like so obvious. It's like, uh, any emotion felt all the way through is bliss. Yes. And that's yes. true. That's true. And like, we, we can, we, we have to go through the cycle of it. Right. Okay. And like, we can't really know happiness is the way to the pain. We can't, we need that yin and yang, that balance. And yeah. so when we find it and when we feel it, like, just know the other side, like the grass is greener on the other side. When you, when you take care of yourself, <laughs> like that's yeah. just true. It's yeah. just true. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like everything that this really comes down to, right. Is like the time's going to go by regardless. Right. Like I know a lot of people like, and I was in this position too, like, Oh, it's going to take so long. Yeah. Well, the days are going to go by regardless. Right. So, you know, again, it's micro progressions, you know, like someone who's sculpting a, um, like a work of art, you know, that doesn't get done in a day or as you know, the saying that always goes through my head, Rome wasn't built in a day, but yet it was built. Right. So like it is possible. Right. It just, you know, it, it comes down to like, what is the day that you're going to say enough is enough and I'm willing to step into uncomfortability to become uh, an example of me that is much more in alignment with who I want to uh, be and what, you know, impact I want to leave on the world, you know, because our lives are short, right? But the impact we have can last a lifetime. And so, uh, or, you know, infinity, right? Like longer than a lifetime. Yeah. And um, so I, I love that, you know, and uh, it's yeah. just, it's so what important. What is time anyway? Like we're so convinced that it's linear, but like, what if it's not? Yeah. Yeah. And like, and you, <laughs> you know, know, like, I don't know. Yeah. And you know, just as a joke <laughs> throughout. Like we're only in the present moment. Like you think you have this concept of past, present, and future. Like really, all you have is the present, the present moment. You don't yeah. really like, you know, like be here now and do something to help yourself. And like, if that's going to help you get somewhere in the future, this concept of the future that we think we understand, like, cool. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but like, do it now. Do it for yourself now. Yes. I love that, Kim. I love that, Kim. This was <laughs> this was so fun getting to riff with you one on one. Oh yeah, and hard. yeah, and I'm so excited to hop on Coffee Talk this Sunday with you to chat more. Where yeah. can where can people go to learn more about you, connect with you, and employ your services? So right now, the best place to get in touch with me is Instagram at Kimberly Casting. Um, I have been saying that I'm going to redo my website for an eternity. Instagram is the best way to get in touch with me. From there, um, you can find me whenever we reopen in Row House Williamsburg in Brooklyn. Um, you can grow with me online virtually if you're interested in that. We didn't even talk about that, but that's really fun. Yeah. And yeah, through enlisted communities and and just you'll find it. 
Google. Yeah. Kim's everywhere, guys. Instagram. You're going to find her regardless. <laughs> <laughs> and Kim, I, I, find me, you'll find me. Yeah. And, you know, I have one last question for you if you're up for it. You up for the challenge? I'm up for it. I'm All right. Up for it. If someone listening could only make one change to highly optimize their life, what would Kimberly Casting suggest that change be? Stop shopping in grocery stores or do it in a way that is like so intentional and thoughtful, right? Like bringing it back to that food conversation is really to me, like what you buy matters, what you eat matters, like put a little more energy into it and, and learn. Right. And so like, the, the, the stop shopping in grocery stores sounds like, what are you trying to make me starve? Like, what do you mean? Like, how, where am I going to get my <laughs> Yeah. It's like, well, like, I don't know, maybe go to a farmer's market, right? Yeah. Or go to, uh, go to an actual farm or grow something yourself yes. uh, and see how that changes your relationship with food because it will. Yeah. And, you know, I, that was a big uh, thing that I just committed to to myself recently of like buying the majority of my food from the farmer's market when it's available to me and it's been like it was hard at first for even me like I was like oh, like well like they don't have everything in season like, what is it but yeah. it's game changer right I'm happier yeah. with where my money's going to local farmers and I'm happier with the food that's going in my body so hell yeah and honestly I think it. Yeah, and I think if we can all agree on one thing, uh, although I imagine we'd agree on pretty much everything for everyone listening, but if we can agree on one thing, we do not need more Walmarts. We do not need more Stop and Shops. What we need, need, right, is people that are putting love and intention into their business because that shit really matters. Like, And I think that everything this year is just putting more of a focus on that. And it's just like – so like we we matter – our conscious creation matters and where we put our energy, aka our money matters, right? And so for everyone listening, like, you know, this is like the low hanging fruit here. Like we can all choose to be more conscious with the food we put in our mouths because at the end of the day, you're going to be able to have a better life because of it, right? And like, guys, from the moment I met Kim, we chatted for literally four days straight and I couldn't wait to get her on here (laughs) to share her wisdom and insights with all of you. Kim is a living example of what happens when you set your sights high, shoot for the stars, and take action on your dreams. And for anyone listening who is interested in gaining clarity around their health or overall life, reach out to Kim for personalized options designed to get you feeling better in your body than ever before. And speaking of feeling good, running this podcast and getting the opportunity to share epic guests such as Kim with all of you listening is something that makes me feel so good in the entirety of my being. And by sharing this show with the people you love and leaving reviews on iTunes, you are helping to keep the show going and to top off my happy meter, to which I am eternally grateful for. Kim, thank you so much for sharing space with us today and allowing us to tag along in the story of your epic journey. And until next time, journey well, be well, love and light over to you. Namaste. What is up, everybody? I hope you are all enjoying the show, and I wanted to stop by real quick and share a little bit about our latest podcast sponsor, Freedom Builders. Now, Freedom Builders are a team of graphic designers, website creators, videographers, social media marketing experts, and coaches that build out your custom online business from A to Z. 
This is a done-for-you service, which means they do the work for you while you get to put your focus back on what you love most, which is coaching your clients and bringing in sales. Now, as a former online fitness coach, Mike knows where your struggle points are and exactly how to help you overcome them. This is why he created Freedom Builders, so that you can scale your business while protecting your time and your energy. Now, you guys know that delegation is a business superpower, and you can activate this superpower today by scheduling a complimentary call with Mike at freedombuilders, with a Z on the end, dot com, so you can start building the freedom that allows you to take your business to the next level. Alex and I recently connected with Freedom Builders for our Connect with Cannabis build-out, and we could not have been happier with the results. With Mike and his team, they were able to go through an outline and create a personalized program for our experience, develop our brand identity, build and design a custom-branded webpage, professionally edit our program video content, custom design all of our slide presentations, automate our email marketing sequences, create a seamless payment system for our offer, design unique infographics for our social media content, and guide us through our proven launch blueprint to generate organic leads through our social media. So if you're a coach, facilitator, or healer listening to this ad right now, and you are looking to put freedom back into your life, once again, go to freedombuilders, with a Z on the end, dot com, and book your complimentary call today. I hope you all enjoy the rest of the show, and I'm wishing you the best day ever.